Bodacious Horror Podcast. I, as ever, am the President of the United States of America. Uvi Ball. <laughs> Uvi Ball calling from my, my ranch in Texas. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm joined by my Secretary of State, uh, Mrs. I don't know. Ayn Rand. <laughs> Ayn Rand. <laughs> wow, quick thinking. Yes. <laughs> I was just thinking, you know, like, uh, politics is getting so fucked up these days that people are actually reading the Fountainhead and going, this is full of brilliant ideas. Yes, it is, if you're a fucking lunatic. Rand Paul is named after uh, Ayn Rand, obviously. Yep. So, yeah. I was really disappointed when I found that out because when I was watching all the all the lead-up to the, the selection for who was going to face off with Obama in the, uh-huh. in the square circle. Uh-huh. I think that's how they decide it. But there was one of the candidates was Ron Paul. Oh, that's right. And at one of the debates that they all had to go through, the question was, what did you do on Friday night? And they're all going, well, of course I was watching the the big game. <laughs> and Ron Paul's answer was, I was reading an economics book. Exactly, exactly. I was like, that's the man I want running a fucking country. Yeah, yeah. Then so, realised that... Yeah. yeah, you don't want his politics. No. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, welcome to Gallon Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Um, we are two idiots who don't know anything about politics, so just ignore <laughs> anything that we have to say there. What do you mean we don't know anything? We know lots about politics, we just don't know much about football. Go Yankees! Go Yankees! The Yankees are my, uh, that's my favourite polo team. <laughs> Cool. Gil, how the devil are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. This is a an alright week. It's been sunny in Scotland, so apart from the culture shock, yep. you know, <laughs> I'm surviving, if slightly sweatier than usual. So has everything been quite good, Ted? Not too bad. I, uh, I purchased a game for myself. Right, okay. <laughs> Connect 4? No, I I bought Beatles Rock Band. Ah, cool, cool. <laughs> Min- uh, minus all the guitar and drum <laughs> stuff and everything. Oh, you don't need any of that, do you? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I bought it because it was three pounds. There we go. And, and I've got the Sing It microphones because a cousin of mine gave them to me at Christmas. Well, no. A cousin of mine received them at Christmas, but doesn't uh-huh. have a PS3. Right, and then you've you've managed to cleverly convert. So I convert that. So I I was given the PS3 Sing It game, 
Wow. Uh-huh. It came with the High School Musical 3 game, which I I know nothing about. Well, you do now. So I don't, because I've... I've uh, not played it yet. I've, I've not. I played it once and was just kind of uh-huh. going, mumble, 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 what is this song about? <laughs> but... Uh, awesome. On, so how's the... <laughs> how's the... How's the Beatles rock band coming along? Well, on Friday, I was very, very bored. So I got quite tipsy and thought, I'm going to play the Beatles game. Yeah, I saw that under the name Bodacious Horror. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh, no, that was uh, just, that was only the the point of the evening where I was tipsy enough to be streaming it online. To be streaming your performance online. Fantastic. I had to get dressed because I was initially just doing it in my pants. <laughs> this is a common theme. Uh, I don't know what picture we're putting out to people. I know. It's not a good one, my friend. Not a good one. Um, have you managed to watch any exciting uh, horror films this week? Uh, I Well, I, I was going to say that I watched World War Z, but I watched that two weeks ago, didn't I? I think you did. Yeah, I, think you did. I, I watched Apocalypse Z. Great film. That's okay. The so <laughs> that solid, solid movie. Excellent cast. The, we'll come back to that later. Yeah, that's the prequel to World War Z. <laughs> Apocalypse Z, and yep. uh, a field in England that we touched on last week. I've now watched that a further three times. <laughs> What the hell is wrong with you? I know, I haven't even watched it with the commentary on yet. <laughs> but I have. So, yeah, um, there's a reason why Gil is, well, in this case, there's a reason why Gil is uh, acting in a strange, repetitive and pedantic manner uh, with regard to a field in England, and that is because we have Richard Glover, uh, the star of both, uh, one of, well, one of the six actors from A Field in England, and uh, Sightseers, he played Martin and Sightseers, uh, two films that we've really enjoyed, so stick around for that later on. Um, yeah, so uh, have you seen anything else? Yeah, I also watched Kill List. Oh yeah, of course. And Down Terrace. So you've had a bit of, a, bit of, a, bit of Ben Wheatley week. It was, I, I call it my Ben Weekly. Ah, <laughs> there we go. And uh, I watched Catterick. Because I was, yeah, and Rhys Shearsmith. Oh, right, okay. Because I was reminded about that when I was just looking on IMDb. I'd completely forgotten that Catterick existed. Sadly, so have most other people. But Catterick was a a good bit of fun. Cool. So I I really enjoyed Catterick at the time, so I dug out my old copy of it. Obviously on some form of VHS, because... <laughs> you taped it off the television, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, when the uh, Interpol will be at your door, uh, forthwith. Yeah, <laughs> be a black helicopter circling around. That's right. We've made the same joke twice in this show. No, we Once. haven't, not yet. Not yet, we will wait. <laughs> that was a keek behind the curtains, folks. I'm anticipating callbacks. <laughs> Very good. Also, watch Sightseers again I, I, as well. Yep, and uh, just loads of other crap. You know, sure. compared to all the films that I've just listed, everything else that I've watched has been kind of crap. Yep, yep. Oh, actually, I did go to the cinema. 
You went, oh, what did you go and see? I went to see Now You See Me. Oh, oh yeah, I quite fancied that. Was it any good? It's like three episodes of Hustle. That could be good. That have all been sellotaped together. But... <laughs> yeah. It's one of these things where if you've watched Hustle, then nothing surprises you. Sure. And you spend a lot of time anticipating when's this going to happen, when's that going to happen. And then yep. when it does happen, you go, they could have written that bit better. Yep. Did you see that video with uh, Jesse Eisenberg getting interviewed by uh, that young woman? What young woman? <laughs> Is that just oh, No, it was, a, it, was a, it was an interview that was doing the rounds for a while, and it was a young woman who... Our kind of shtick is that she gets people to say her name into the camera, famous people. Uh, it's called Say My Name with whatever the lassie's name is. And he was on that and he was just a pure dick to her. <laughs> um, so I don't know whether he was being a dick or whether he was just awkward, but it's uh, it doesn't make for easy easy viewing. It's like a Christian Bale thing, but obviously toned down a lot from there but yeah, yeah. <laughs> do do her videos start off with the destiny's child song yeah they do but speed it up oh well she can go fuck herself then yeah yeah you know, i think it's like starts, more inventive <laughs> starts off like slowed down and then the end or, or speed it up and then the end slowed down something like that maybe maybe she hasn't realized that we've already seen the tv series banzai yeah yeah so, absolutely Getting people to say your name into a camera does. <laughs> Mr. Shake Hands Man and all that, yes. Yeah. Cool, man. Cool. What about you? What have you been up to this week? Uh, this week I was in Amsterdam. So that was pretty good. Um, not really doing anything exciting or partaking of any illegal activities. Just well, it's boring. They're not illegal there. <laughs> exactly. So. Exactly. And there's my loophole. Um, yeah, I went to see World War Z at the cinema, um, so that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, multi-international uh, audience, shall we say? Um, but thankfully, it was uh, it was in English, so that was cool. Um, By international audience, do you mean everybody else was from Amsterdam and you were there? No, no, I was next to a Polish guy that was just telling jokes all the way through it, and it sounded like he, what he was saying was really funny, but I had no idea, so. And you've invited him on the podcast next week. <laughs> yeah, well, he's actually been uh, he's actually been working on a project looking at the films of Krzysztof Kozlowski, um, so we're going to have him on next week to, <laughs> to discuss that in Polish. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I would I would not put that invite past you to be honest. <laughs> oh man, I have standards. Uh yeah, apart from that, I watched uh I got to see Never Sleep Again, the Nightmare on Elm Street documentary. Um which I have borrowed from Gil. Uh, <laughs> Gil has kindly borrowed. <laughs> no, I've loaned. He, yeah. he has he has lent that to me. <laughs> yeah. Um and you took it all the way to Amsterdam. I did, I did, I did. So that's cool. Um, yeah, so I watched that, and that was awesome. Really enjoyed that, so that was that was really cool. Um, just kind of really appreciate the series a bit more from seeing that and the, the kind of things they went through. Um, yeah, it's a 73-hour it's a 70, documentary about the Nightmare on Elm Street films. 
it's pretty long, isn't it? It's like four and a half hours. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it's something that kind of something that kind of line anyway. Um, certainly three and a half at least. Um, yeah. Uh, so I watched that. Also watched most of Red Lights after hearing Jesse from Moviecopia, uh, Jesse and Iris from Moviecopia talking about it. Um, so I've really been enjoying that, but uh, get a bit sleepy last night. Just went away to my bed. <laughs> But yeah, that one looks pretty cool. It's a bit of a thriller, um, more than a horror film, I think. But I thought it was pretty cool. Um, still waiting to see whether it picks up or whether it goes uh, the way of the pair. But yeah, I've been digging it so far. Have you seen that one, Gil? No, I haven't. But I'm really, really, uh, I really enjoyed that description of the way of the pair. It's uh, Shigorni Weaver and Nikki Wire from Manic Street Preachers, um, <laughs> kind of two leads in it. Um, so Nicky Wire plays like a, a, a what is it as again a physicist who works alongside Shogun Weaver who is uh, kind of she debunks psychics um, and then uh, Robert De Niro uh, oh yeah that got awful reviews <laughs> so there you go there's my, my high standards being shown once that's, again <laughs> that's why I haven't watched it because I've been quite enjoying it it's a bit kind of it's a bit like Columbo put it that way it's like it's like an episode of Columbo so far so I've been quite quite enjoying it, it um, it's going to get to the end Sigourney Weaver's going to turn around and go one more thing I, she's 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 not going to turn around spoiler alert unless she's turning in her grave <laughs> oh well It'd be good if Robert De Niro did that then. Yes, Robert De Niro plays a a blind uh, psychic um, with kind of questionable methods, you would say, and uh, potentially linked to to some crimes. So it's it's kind of just picking up an hour into it. Um, As I say, I'm digging it so far, but we'll see. Hey-ho. What are his questionable methods? Um... Well, I think well, the, basically Sigourney Weaver and that are trying to they they're trying to defraud, uh, trying to find out if he's a fraud or no. Um, and there's some kind of suggestion that he's able to uh, that he might actually have particular powers, and he might be able to actually uh, stop people's stop people's hearts and things like that. So that's uh, that's part of it. Does he stab them? Look, no, <laughs> that's the. <laughs> That's 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 that what I would do it. Yeah, stopped his heart. Can you start it again? You only asked for the one trick. What the fuck? Exactly, exactly. So yeah. Oh, does he so do that's... like the the indicator thing? It stopped. It started. It stopped. It started. Yep. So yeah, um, yep. Gil, what did you think of Man of Steel? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, actually, I I really liked the the way the the General Zod character in Man of Steel gave me just far more reverence for the man of, for the General Zod character in the original Superman series. So once again, for the third week running, we can say that Gil has given his verdict. Man of, <laughs> man of Steel. We realised that we'd kind of mentioned it in every episode for the last three weeks. It was actually uh, mentioned in the descriptions, like the yeah. same line. Gil gives his verdict on Man of Steel. Yep, that's that. Hey ho. Um, okay, guys. So we'll possibly uh, take a short break at that, and we'll be back to discuss Apocalypse Z. Oh. What? 
Apocalypse Z scary film. <laughs> this is Jamie from Devour the Podcast. Do you enjoy horror commentary with straightforward honesty? Oh my god, fuck this movie. Fuck this movie so hard. Oh my goodness, you know, I, halfway through this movie I was just like, let's get this thing going. Fuck this movie. Okay. <laughs> Humor and an obvious passion for the genre. I like the cut of your jib. It's the ceiling, Grandma. Don't make me get out the broom. Oh, your tears are like wine. They used to call that the vapors. Cupcakes are kind of the Schindler's list of desserts. It's it's a, a pure good. I love the idea of up-and-coming horror directors taking on the found footage genre. I really, really like that idea. And that's really the worst thing you can commit as far as filmmaking is concerned, is making a film that's just average. Well, that doesn't really inspire any kind of exactly. discussion, whether it's, you know, to rip it apart or, or praise it. Then you should spend time with David and me. And Bo. As we discuss horror films from old classics. Deep Red. Empire of the Ants. Lisa and the Devil. The Baby. The Toxic Avenger. The New Favorites. Absentia. Cabin in the Woods. The Loved Ones. Shadow of Death. VHS. The Woman. Check us out on iTunes or at devourthepodcast.blogspot.com. Devour the Podcast is a proud member of the Horrorphilia Podcasting Network. So, uh, we're back. Um, I'm uh, going to discuss Apocalypse Z, originally titled uh, Zombie Massacre. The trailers for this have been going around for maybe about a year and a half now. Um, so, the it's directed by Luca Boni and Marco Ristori, um, written by the same, uh, and it's produced by uh, Uwe Boll and Boll KG. Um, so, basically, uh, the synopsis, a bacterial weapon developed by the US government to create a super soldier spreads an epidemic in a quiet town in the middle of Eastern Europe. All the citizens have been turned uh, into infected zombies. The plan is to... <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, when you're reading the synopsis for that film, I'm now just thinking, oh, so that's what it was about. <laughs> the plan is to bring an atomic bomb into the city's nuclear plant to make it that a terrible accident has occurred. No one has to know the truth. A team of mercenaries is hired to complete the mission, and the battle is on. Holds of monsters against this team of mercenaries. Who will survive, and what will be left of them? I did that at the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's because it's the Tessa's Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> my my ranch in Tessa's. <laughs> um, so yeah, it features Uwe Boll as the President of the United States. Um, yeah. and he, oh God. It's just a terrible sequence where he, he says about, I'm thinking about you instead of fucking hawkers or some shit. <laughs> it's just like the most uncomfortable line and I don't know I don't know why they've fucking put it in, whether they're trying to be amusing or... Because most of it is played straight. Yeah, well, uh, it's attempted to be played oh, straight. I think everything to do with this film, if you could add, uh, this is what they tried to do. Um, that kind of gives you an idea about um, about the, the movie. So we start off with... I think I think the film starts off relatively well. Um it starts off with a sequence that's, I would say, really quite well shot, um, where there's a, it's kind of fact, there's a factory worker and there's a woman who's caring for an elderly relative, um, cutting between them, 
Uh, and then go, then it cuts to this guy in a car, and this is where the film really starts to go downhill. Um, the guy in the car has got earphones on, blaring heavy metal music, and then he's trying to make a phone call with his earphones still in, yeah. which straight away is, is just ridiculous, and you're just like, I can't get the reception here! It's, Fuck you, you wank, take your headphones off! Makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> So that's that's kind of where it starts to go wrong from there. Um, that's about ninety seconds into the. That is ninety seconds, and that's the introduction. Um, but as I say, the, the 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 first shots are well done. I think presumably the cinematographer that started the picture <laughs> quite a bit a day into the thing, to be honest. Um, but yeah. Uh, so we get this kind of sequence where it starts raining and it's a black rain that's coming down and it's immediately turning the people that it touches into into the walking dead, these kind of mutations, uh, mutated versions of uh, uh, zombies. Um, so it's... Uh, the, I, I think the, the creature effects are pretty cool to give it, uh, to give it some credit. Gil, what do you reckon? To give it a tiny bit of credit, the creature effects are okay... At uh-huh. some point, say. Sure, sure. And it, uh, it is kind of alone in the dark style um, effects and stuff. It's, it, uh... it's alone in the world. <laughs> it's... Yeah, so um, the we've got a, our, our main character, I suppose, is uh, Agent Car- General Carter, who is a not our main character, but our main uh, antagonist is General Carter, who's a lover puddling uh, general in the U.S. Army, which. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there there might very well be be some, but it's uh, pretty mad. So that's portrayed by Carl Wharton. Um, He's John Carter as well, isn't he? All right, okay, Princess of Mars. There you go. Um, (laughs) Is it the same? Is it the same guy? Well, no, it's not. This, it's not this. Well, I think his name is John Carter. (laughs) That'd be be good if it was the same same guy. I I really liked that John Carter film. Crossover event. Yep. So, yeah. Um, so he is. He's employing a team of mercenaries, um, who uh, each are bizarre. To be honest, <laughs> we've got a character called Eden Shizuka, who's a ninja from Ireland. I'll say that again. Eden Shizuka, who's a ninja, ninja from, from Ireland. Northern, Northern Ireland as well, no less. And she's um, with an American accent. With her. She's the only person in the film with an American accent and she's from Northern Ireland. <laughs> but but was but was brought up and raised in Japan. Yep. 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 So yeah, so that's portrayed by uh, Tara Cardinal. Um and it's good for what it is, I suppose. Um there's also uh John Mag Dog McKellen, who's portrayed by Mike Mitchell. Um, he was a WWE trainer, I believe, uh, at one point. Um, you mean somebody wore him as a shoe? <laughs> no. Um, uh, Dragon Illich, who's a sniper. What's what's Mad Dog's oh Mad Dog's speciality is that he's the kind of explosion explosives guy, and they say that he can um, he could put together a lethal weapon with a pencil sharpener and a ruler or something like that. And then um, at, at one point in the film, that's put to the test and it's not fucking true. <laughs> He's locked yeah. in a shed with shitloads of stuff. What does he come up with? Run away! 
when I uh, Captain America shield. Yeah, um, he paints a Captain America shield. I think that might be a reference to the Super Soldier program. That's a wee bit yeah, tongue in cheek. Yeah, that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah, because this was this was a soldier program that they they were working on. Yep. Yeah. Fair. Enough. Um, and he's got there's this kind of the what the, the film tries to do is set up a kind of rapport between uh, Mad Dog and and Dragon. And Dragon's the sniper um, who killed X number of people in some civil war without ever leaving his possession. And these two, it yeah, was. yeah. And these guys are these guys are supposed to have that kind of uh, banter between them. Um, and to the credit, they they tried to achieve that. I, I don't think they did. They didn't manage it. I don't think there's no, there's no question that they didn't manage to achieve it. But at least they tried, which is, uh, I would say, it's. Uncommon uh, in a lot of these films. Well, it is, Gil. It's it's uncommon for that that level of character development where you can where you can kind of say, well, you we've watched this film and we can give at least some kind of description of who the characters were and what their kind of backstories were. Whereas a lot of films, the uh, the characterizations are very very throwaway. Um, I'm not saying this is a good film. Uh, I'm not saying the characterizations were particularly good. Well, no, they're comic book uh, characterizations. But as I say, at least they, they made the effort to try and put that in. Well, I'd I'd say the Mad Dog, and he is uh-huh. he is Scottish. <laughs> yes, he is bizarrely. At least he's actually played by somebody who is Scottish. Yep. And I, I'd say that his main skill is actually. Uh-huh. That within thirty seconds of meeting any woman, he will have started to talk about her vagina. <laughs> but the thing is, that could have been good if they toned it back a wee bit. <laughs> toned it back a wee bit. There's only two women in the fucking film that he meets. <laughs> no, but I mean, if he toned it back, if he hadn't quite like got up in their grill and then basically tried to rape them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's, it should be quite a light-hearted kind of oh kind of trying to flirt with them or something but it really is he's he's being quite sexually aggressive which doesn't necessarily make for a comfortable viewing in the context of a stupid zombie movie apparently they're making a film that is about him and dragon before all of this and it's just called you want and pumped <laughs> there we go prequel prequel in the making um and then finally we've got our Kind of main uh, protagonist is Jack Stone, um, who's a um, kind of American tank-looking guy, um, and he's got a backstory that he's been put in prison, and he's been separated from his daughter and all that, um, and they call him Chief all the way through it. Um, so yeah, and, uh, and his daughter has actually been taken out to the war zone. That's right, unbeknownst that's right. to him. Just because it will make sense at the end. Yep, yep. Like, the audience is not going to believe that when they're saying, do you want to see your daughter again? That he would be saying yes, unless the daughter is, like, right in front of him. Yep. So, I mean, Gil, I've obviously... uh, What did you think of this? What were your impressions on watching it? Well, uh... Yeah, I... I said to you the other night, oh, I'm watching Apocalypse Z or Z or whatever. Yeah, I stopped after about half an hour and then had to watch it again the next day, which actually made the first half a little bit more enjoyable. Aye. Because I just, 
I found it a really difficult film to concentrate on because their attempts at storytelling and character development and script were all just fucking awful. Right. Like, really, really bad. Like, right. Like, somebody had obviously written that Mad Dog was going to be Scottish. Sure. And then they had written a Scottish script. And the guy that plays Mad Dog, it seems to me, had never turned around to them and said, you know, I don't really feel comfortable saying nay. Exactly. Like uh-huh. Every third fucking line. Like, sure. Oh, we're nay going to do that because they'll nay. And it's like, yeah, somebody's just looked up like Scottish words and they've written down N-A-E. Uh-huh. Some, some uh, dialects do use that, though, in fairness. Uh, do use it in that context. Yeah, uh, but it just didn't. It didn't feel comfortable coming out. Sure, of his mouth. sure. Yep. <laughs> Which yep. that is not a euphemism. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh, anything else that you? Uh, I I just thought the characters were sadly sadly lacking mm-hmm. in most ways, particularly yep. like the the Eden character who would only say anything if it was wise. And you're like, wait a minute, you've you've been kicking about for an hour in this film. Surely a wise thing to say would be, why are we taking a nuclear bomb into a nuclear reactor? Why don't we just bomb the nuclear reactor? <laughs> you know, why don't we why don't we just take off, nuke the whole place from orbit? It's the only way to be sure. Also, could I get some guns instead of just these two samurai swords? Yeah, uh, I'm just I'm perfectly happy just kicking about with knives and stuff. Well, <laughs> or or maybe how about since we're going into an entire town that's infected, we mm-hmm. we take more ammunition than we could mm-hmm. ever possibly need instead of running out of bullets in twenty minutes. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And it's um, let's go to the police station that looks like an abandoned schoolhouse. <laughs> I, th- I think the, I mean, where was this filmed? It's somewhere in Eastern Eastern Europe or something along that kind of line. I'm honestly not sure where it was filmed, but I I just thought that the the sets just looked like the entire place had been abandoned for a yep, very long yep. time. No, that's right. They, they definitely do. Uh, that is one one definite uh, negative about it. It's like if they if they made a film and just continuously did laps round about the steel mill from the end of Robocop. <laughs> That's what it's like. You just keep expecting that if one character runs off in one direction and another runs off in another direction and the camera picks either one of them to follow, give it 45 <laughs> seconds, the other person's just going to run straight back past them again. Yep, yep. Ach, Man, I think with a film like this, it's it's been re-released as a mockbuster. Basically, it was it was a film that was already in production, um, and it's subsequently been re-released as a mockbuster to uh, to cash in on uh, World War Z, World War Z. Um, <laughs> sorry, we should call it um, Z Z. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's it was released to to capitalise on that, um, but it was already in production. It's a uh, it's a film based on a Doom clone that was that was released for the Amiga. Um, so the game the game's like a first person shooter. So the, the introductory sequences uh, where there's 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 a kind of first person shooter element to the uh, the first the introduction sequence. 
Um, and I was presuming that that was part of uh, them trying to reference the game that it was originally uh, supposed to be a homage to. Well, Uwe Ball does like his... Com- his video his game video movies, it does. It does. Yeah, and this is it's basically a Doom clone. It wasn't... Uh, you know, it's I, I don't know if it was... It's very similar to Doom anyway. Well, as in it was better in the 90s. The <laughs> film would have been better in the 90s. Yeah, no, I meant the game was a Doom clone. Yeah, I, I, I got you. <laughs> okay, I, okay, I just, there we go. I don't know. I, you just, you made it a little funny. Yeah, I, I just, I got the feeling that this film just hadn't had enough time put uh-huh. into the, the just the script and the uh-huh. the character developments and I think part of the problem was a lot of the characters well Dragon uh, couldn't really speak English. But that would have been fine. That wouldn't but, that wouldn't have no, bothered it, me. It, it really lamped Gil. Um I still think I, he was better than some of the people that English was their first language. Sure, sure. Yeah, I I just think that they that kind of they quite a good idea having those two characters, those mercenaries that knew each other, um, and it was kind of ruined by the the, the lack of uh, spontaneity between the characters. They, they didn't really seem to fit together. Well, they they do at one point bring in a character who says, as one of the first things that she says is, "What's going on here?" And then later on, she's the one that does exposition. Right, <laughs> yeah. And you're like, wait. You, That's right. You, That's right. You were confused ten minutes ago. Now you're telling everybody all about everything your dad did. And we get a a dreadful, um, dreadful uh, southern accent from uh, one of the performers as well. Um, I, th- I think it was Doug Mulligan, played by John Campling. Uh, Doug plays like a well, sorry, John Campling plays a kind of southern. Hack type happy. Uh, <laughs> he decides to go to this location on a holiday. Holiday, aye. With his bizarre mute girlfriend. Yeah. What was going on there? Uh, she was mute because of, uh, I think he hinted at some sort of abuse in her past. Right. And therefore oh, she go. refused to speak. This is a fun zombie movie, folks. Yeah. Fun, fun. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. And their dog. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, he, oh, man. he couldn't even get upset properly. <laughs> yep. So cool, uh, Gil. Would you recommend this this old movie? Uh, I I just I really couldn't, to be honest. In all good good faith, you couldn't. No, I I I couldn't advise anybody to to watch this. Not even if it was on Netflix or something, and they were bored. I'd be like, go outside and count how many buses drive past you in 87 minutes, because that will be more entertaining. See, I disagree. I don't think that I would necessarily recommend it, but I do think that it's the kind of film that I'm almost definitely going to go back to at some point in the future, because it's it's quite a fun film. It's uh, and just basically based on how, how bad it is at times, um, or most of the time, in fact. Um, right, you you bought this, didn't you? I bought this, yeah. I bought this. Uh, I pre-ordered it in order to get it uh, on release. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I 
and also got a pound off it as well. Booyah! <laughs> so it's seven, seven quid. Uh, it's a fine purchase. Um, so yeah, comes loaded with extras, uh, which is quite cool, uh, such as interactive menu. <laughs> Photographs of the cast. No, 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 no. No, chapters. <laughs> That's it. It's always good. Interactive menu and chapters. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yep, so that's that. Some, somebody's been flash on the budget. <laughs> so if you've, if you've got £7 to spare and you want to see a film that has some cool ideas that are delivered terribly, some decent creatures um, and a plot line that doesn't make any sense at all. <laughs> Makes no sense whatsoever. <laughs> then this is the film for you. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. Also, cool. also the my main complaint about this film is that at one point Mad Dog says we have got we've got this amount of time to get three hundred miles away. <laughs> exactly. And then like fucking yep. thirty seconds before the bomb goes off, they're taking off in a helicopter, and I'm just yep. thinking that's a fucking fast helicopter that one. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Okay, guys. Uh, so we'll have a short break, and we'll be back with World War Z. Take a journey with the Phantom Eric as he explores the last 100 years of horror. 100 films to be explored, each one with the related themes, actors, and directors that made the last century of horror cinema so great. Travel the world from Germany to Scandinavia, Italy to France, North America and everywhere in between, with no stone left unturned. The zombies are locked up, The vampires are asleep, and the prowlers have slain their last group of campers for the night. So take the hand of the Phantom American Lester Reaper, as this is one time travel experience you won't want to miss. Okay guys, um, and we're back to discuss World War Z, um, or World War Z. World War Z. It's Edzy. <laughs> uh, from 2013. It's Edzy and it knows it. Wob, wob, wob. <laughs> um, so uh, this is directed by Mark Foster, um, written by Matthew Michael Carnahan, uh, Drew Goddard, um, and more. Um, it stars Mr. Brad uh, Anthony Pitt as Jerry Lane. Um, Mario Enos as Karen Lane. Uh, Daniela Curtis as Sagan. Um, and James Badgedale is Captain Speck. <laughs> Jerry Lane is in my ears and in so my then my heart. heart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, you've, you've had a lot of practice with this rock band. Um... I don't actually think Penny Lane's on it. Really? Yeah, the only one that I do really well on is I Am the Walrus. But actually... Actually, has it goob goob goob? <laughs> what the fuck? I know. What the fuck? So films, uh, film, film, films. Um, so <laughs> the United Nations employee Penny Lane uh, traverses the world in a race against time to stop the zombie pandemic that is toppling armies and governments and threatening to destroy humanity itself. 
Um, so yeah, this is a massive uh, blockbuster. Um, filmed well, it's basically an action thriller for the summer. Um, filmed in Glasgow, I believe, two thousand eleven. It was quite a while ago. Well, certain scenes were filmed in Glasgow uh, in two thousand eleven. Yeah, that if not earlier. It seems it seems such a while ago. Yeah, the the start of the film was shot in Glasgow. That's right, and that kind of took me out of it a little bit. Right, right. Because I, well, you, you'll have seen the set a lot more than I did. Ah, uh, well, we went down to the set to take photographs, uh, myself and Ross Gilchrist and a few others. <clears throat> See, I was I was playing a gig one night uh-huh. in a venue that was just across the square from sure. the set. Yep. So after sound check, we went down to have a little look about. And we saw all the extras doing their run across George Square. George bit. Square, wow, wow. And it was it was uh, very underwhelming. <laughs> right, right. At least. So seeing it on the big screen when they'd added uh-huh. in loads and loads of other extras. Uh-huh. Oh, was that, was that, was a lot of that CGI, Gil? I, I think a lot of it was because uh, these, these people just... They almost seemed like they were marching instead of running. So I th- I think that they've just manipulated things quite a lot. Sure. sure. <laughs> but the most so fascinating that's... thing for me really was the the green screen bit because you could walk right up to... There's a truck that overturns. That's right, yeah. And you could go right up to that and that was all fenced off and it just uh-huh. a big green screen at the other side of it. And... You, you'd never guess that anything had been there when you watched the film. No, you're right, absolutely. Yeah, it gave me a lot more respect for editing. Sure. Sure. Um, so, yeah, uh, as I say, that's that's quite a kind of action-packed introduction. It's supposed to be Philadelphia, and we've got um, Brad Pitt and his family, and, oh, sorry, Jerry Lane and his family. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, and uh, in the car, and it, there's a queue, and they're trying to work out what's, what exactly is happening. Oh, they uh, know it. It's in the trailer. And then everything kicks off. Where do we go from there, Gil? Where do, oh, he gets. Does he get phoned, or he follows the truck, or something? Yeah. Uh, he's he's just like uh, fucking Jason Bourne. Yep. Yep. With kids in tow. Sure. <laughs> kind of thing. It's just. It's you know I I didn't mind it in the cinema but uh-huh. I don't really feel that I've got any need to ever watch it again do you know I felt the same um, obviously when you've got you've got a film like this that's huge blockbuster horror movie essentially you ex- you expect blood you expect a lot of things anyway um, but this very much isn't really a horror film it's just more of an action film the zombies are quite incidental I would say in a lot of respects. Could you figure out how this was a 15? Um, I don't know, just the scary elements, I suppose. Because it doesn't... Nobody even says fuck. I don't even remember anybody saying shit. Or anything. Mm. You know, there was no swearing, there was no blood, there was no decent gore. Oh, Brad Pitt called... Brad Pitt called the woman a cum bucket. Did he? Uh-huh. I must have missed that bit, was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that was the Polish guy next to me that was <laughs> saying that. So he, he got through to his wife on the phone. <laughs> Eventually. 
<laughs> yeah, nothing exciting like that happened, folks. Yeah. It's, uh, it is just your kind of average, uh, big budget. Um, I mean, there's there's some cool stuff in it. Uh, I, I, personally, the Israeli sequence was not really to my taste. Um, Heavy-handed and, and not really up to. I'm not going to go into it in any great detail, but I, I personally didn't didn't find that very tasteful. I don't know about you, Gil. Your perspective on it, as far as I remember, was that you didn't like the the fact that that Israel is almost commended for completing the building uh-huh, the of wall. that wall. Yep. Absolutely. And I didn't like that, but I also then didn't like the fact that a bunch of Jewish people stand on one side of the wall and they're celebrating, and that's yep. what leads to the zombie massacre. Yeah, fair or, point. Or, sorry, uh, Apocalypse Z, as, uh-huh. as they sure. would have called it by that point. Yep, yep. But I don't know, I, I just felt that it was a little bit over the top, That yeah, just was. that whole sequence. Uh-huh, and like the, the zombies climbing the wall as well was ridiculous. Uh, see, have you read the book? I've, I've not read the book, no. I haven't read the book either. And the, So I suppose that could that could possibly be from the book, I don't know. Uh, maybe some of our listeners could point out, because I know that a, I know that a few of the, the uh, other podcasters have certainly listened to it, so if they maybe want to comment, have, have read it rather, so it might be worth... Uh, getting in touch. Well, I know that a lot of people complain about the idea of it having zombies that can run. Uh-huh. So I'm really not that sure how close the story that they've shown in this film could ever be to the book. Because I thought it was kind of like an oral history, like uh, in the style of like the Derby Crash book or the John Savage book about punk. Um, that's I thought it was that's more... a great book about punk. Yeah, I thought it was more in that kind of style. Um, the book, we talk where they would have talking heads or something along that kind of line. But again, it's a case of trying to make uh, make something. That, uh, I suppose you're you're trying to make a summer blockbuster, and talking heads are not really going to cut it. I think that would have that would have worked though. Yeah, it would have worked for us. But yeah, <laughs> it'd have worked for us. We. We'll watch anything like that, and we'll think that's amazing. But most people, most people want to see Brad Pitt driving a truck through uh, the streets of Philadelphia, um, and he's so reckless in this film. The number of lives that he actually endangers or extinguishes yeah. with just like, oh, I'm trying to get to my wife. I but you've just killed sixty people. <laughs> Can I mean it? It's he really is so reckless and that. It's like the more you think about it, the more you once you start watching it. And there's a bit as well where he hides behind a curtain from a zombie. He looks behind the curtain, sees a zombie walking towards him on the plane. <laughs> so he just he puts the puts the curtain across, and that was the moment that me and the Polish guy sitting next to me both burst out laughing. <laughs> it was so stupid. It was uh, universally ridiculous. I like the fact that your impression of a zombie sounds like Blakey from On the Buses. <laughs> Me, I'll get you, Butler. <laughs> All my impressions are basically the same. They're variations of the theme. Yeah, pizza rolls. Yeah, but see, that, that's, but the thing is that that scene didn't really bother me that much because I had already thought, oh, well, these zombies, they don't really pay attention until you draw attention. Ah, so right, there's, okay. There's probably a bit in the book about like people having saved themselves by 
having just spotted some zombies and barricaded themselves up quite ineffectually, as they do in the film. You know, because these zombies, they fucking run. It would just take one zombie to run at that barricade and the entire thing would be down. Yep. But I just... I totally lost... Well, this film totally lost me Mm -hmm. after the scene where Brad Pitt's on a plane and the plane crashes and everybody else from the plane is dead. <laughs> exactly. And he's just, like, fucking suspending the tree with a bit of metal through him. He, he caused that as well. Yeah, that's, that's all part... his fault. Well, I, no, he didn't cause that. The... No, he did. He opened the door. He opened the... the or what was it? He did. He blasted, some, blasted the side of the fuselage or the... Well, he caused uh, the crash, thing. yeah, but... <laughs> he didn't... <laughs> He didn't cause the zombies oh, so he, being on the plane, but he didn't. yeah, yeah, he didn't cause that. But he, he certainly didn't react to it as well as as well as one might expect. He's he's meant to be this incredibly highly trained guy. At which point you're thinking <laughs> using a grenade on a fucking aeroplane? Exactly, exactly. That is like, really helpful. It's like, it's like Darren Aronofsky directed. You've been framed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see if this film had a Clint Mansell soundtrack. <laughs> I'd be buying the soundtrack. There you go, man. And never watching the film again. Yep. Um, so, uh, it's a fun movie. Um, <laughs> I, saw... I can't take you seriously when you say that this is a fun movie, because it's, it's a fun movie while you're watching it. Yeah, exactly, exactly, but don't buy it. <laughs> At the end, you're just left with this, like, soul-destroying... <laughs> exactly, that's true, that's true. <laughs> Oh, that's true, man. But um, Malcolm Tucker's in it, right? I think I plays Malcolm Tucker. Yeah, re- Peter Capaldi. Yeah, they don't really use him, though. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't. But the- it's like getting a great actor in and then just no really using him. It's, uh, yeah, genius. But can you imagine if he'd been put up against zombies? Fucking zombies. They're fucking coming out my ears. <laughs> Kiss my swinging bossack, you dead bastard. <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's a kind of partial recommend for me. I would say it's uh, it's just a dumb action movie. It's it's good if you're trying to impress some uh, boy or girl um, and trying to take them to something that's uh, not very uh, challenging on the old cheese box. But um, but it is a bit late to take them to it now, so I'd say the the current recommend would be when somebody you know says to you, oh, I've got the World War Z DVD. If you haven't seen it, go around and watch it with them, but take a shitload of alcohol. <laughs> and don't let them press play until you've finished it all. I thought you were going to say, uh, go around... But take a shit in their bin. <laughs> Actually, if you enjoy the film, leave uh-huh. their house fine. If you don't enjoy the film by the end of it, take a shit in their bin. No, take a shit in their kettle. So so that's our uh, considered judgment on World War Z, um, or World War Z, as, as everyone else in the world is calling it. Um, Get them really drunk, and then as you're, as you're leaving... Following having shat in their kettle, you can also pee in the kettle as well, because that'll just show up as water on the little 
thing at the side. <laughs> then Joe. recommend to them that they have a hot chocolate to avoid a hangover. I think I think we're going to wrap this segment up now. Um, so, yeah, where was he? Uh, it's in cinemas now, I think. And we'll be back after a short break for our interview with Richard Glover. So we'll be back after this. The Definition of Podcast, a multimedia digital file made available on the internet for downloading to a portable media player, computer, etc. Horror Podcast, a multimedia digital file featuring horror-related news and movie reviews that is available on the internet for downloading to a portable media player, computer, etc. Awesome Horror Podcast, any multimedia digital files that are available from the Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts via Horrorphilia.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and other outlets that you can download to your portable media player, smartphone, computer, etc. The Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts currently feature nine different podcasts such as Horrorphilia, Much of Madness, More of Sin, Dolls of Despair, Horrorphilia Recommends, Zombies Don't Podcast, Horror Hits, and many more. For more information, check out Horrorphilia.com and click on the tabs labeled Horrorphilia Network of Podcasts or the Podcast Index. We're looking forward to have you as part of the flock. Uh, okay, how do I start this usually? <laughs> usually uh, hello. <laughs> hello, how are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm uh, Aquarius. So I'm sure, I don't... No way! That's yeah! Like a... Water carriers. <laughs> what are the chances? One in 12, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, uh, and we're back. Um, it's our very great privilege uh, to be joined this week um, by Mr. Richard Glover, uh, the star of A Field in England and Sightseers and a number of other really exciting stuff. Uh, so, Richard, uh, welcome to Gallon Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast. Hello. You're very lovely to have me on. Thank you very much for asking. Thank you so oh, much for coming on the show. It's, it's an absolute pleasure. I've I've been a fan for ages because of you and Thingy on Paramount. Oh, cool. I'm glad you saw that. Thank you very much. Cool. I'm trying to do the accent now. <laughs> It's very subtle, Scottish, isn't it? I gave my word I'd train the boy. I think that's a, a bastardised line from uh, Star Wars. <laughs> I gave my word I'd train the boy. Anyway, I'll shut up now. Anyway, you were saying. You were Gil, saying. Gil's been doing this impression all week. <laughs> so I love it. <laughs> that's it. I love it. I hate it. I love it. Hate it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Ian McGregor actually did do that a lot in the, in the actual real programme. He, he, was, he had a mood swings. Definitely. I mean, I think he's tremendous, but also moody, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any comment from uh, the McGregor camp? No, no, nothing. I've no idea if he's seen it. I know um, Joe um, uh, Borman. Joe Borman? Charlie. Oh, no. Charlie. 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 Thingy, that's it, thingy. <laughs> <laughs> In character. Um, <laughs> um, I know he saw it, and actually, because I was worried it might be a bit mean, Um you know, I was always wanting to tone it down, but actually he saw it and he really loved it, apparently. So that's good. So I don't think anyone got upset, which is a, it's always a good thing. You don't want to go around being mean, I think. That's that's brilliant, though. I, I like the the idea of you and McGregor sitting wanting to cheer himself up one day and finding that. It could go 50-50, <laughs> really, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Going, I hate it! I hate it! <laughs> Next episode, I love it! <laughs> 
Cool. It's a catchphrase. <laughs> got a catchphrase. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously A Field in England has been one of the most uh, anticipated films of the year so far. Uh, 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 obviously, uh, the, the stuff that Ben Wheatley's been doing has been uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, what was your, how did you get involved in that project? <clears throat> um, I know uh, Alice and Steve from Sightseers, like uh, about six years ago, they made a little short of, of an early idea of uh, the characters in Sightseers. And because um, uh, we, we all came from a, a similar comedy background, we, we were all involved in this comedy night called Ealing Live which at Ealing Studios. Sure. This lovely guy called Rob Moore gathered all these people together and we became a big troop. And anyway, so they, they did this short film uh, about five years ago, and then, you know, it took them five years to get it up and running five, six years. And then I had to re-audition. There wasn't any, I'm delighted to say, there wasn't any like nepotism. I had to audition again and they didn't realise um, after they'd picked me, which was amazing luck, uh, they then realised, oh my God, that's the uh, that's the guy from the short five years ago. So uh, that's how it all started. And then, um, so I got to be in uh, Sightseers, which was excellent fun. You know, my first chance to get to work with Ben Wheatley, who's amazing. And, um, and then very kindly they just phoned me up about this time last year and asked if I would like to be in a field in England, which is even more amazing. Um, so I, basically, I can't believe my luck really to you know get involved with someone as exciting and uh, uh, revered as Ben Wheatley. Yeah, so I mean, it might be worthwhile just talking about Sightseers first, then, uh, Richard, if that suits yourself. Of course, of course. Um, obviously, we we absolutely loved the the film when we got it, and. Just speaking about the short, we're wondering, is is that actually available in any format just now? Um, I don't know. It'd have to uh I don't have a copy of it. Um I don't know if that I don't know if that's a thing that they've put out. I've no idea. You'd have to ask Alice and Steve that. I don't know if it's something private they got or it might be on one of their websites or something like that. Sure, but, sure. I guess it would be quite interesting to see the you know, the, the genesis of the whole thing from that idea to you know, to what it eventually became, you know, the um, yeah, actually, I'd like to see it again. <laughs> yeah. I wonder how I was. I was younger, but not as muscly, I think. <laughs> Sorry. Are you yeah. ripped now? I'm at, yeah, you haven't got the camera on, right? <laughs> I'm actually doing weights right now, and uh, <laughs> but, yes, I'm gonna, yes, it's gonna nothing. My will is huge. Nothing. <laughs> oh, this hangover. Lovely. <laughs> I've never had one. A hangover? I've never had a hangover, sadly. It really annoys me now because I know that when I do have one, it will just kill me. Have you tried drinking? I, I'm really good at drinking. This guy drinks like a fish. But you've I, never had a hangover? I've never had a hangover. How dare you? I'm a... <laughs> so the iron, iron brew congealed in his bloodstream? <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm a really big fan of diluting juice, so maybe that's the secret to not getting a hangover, is to always think before bed, oh, I could have a pint of diluting juice. Is it to me like water? Yeah, well, not just the diluting juice, that would be disgusting. What is diluting juice? Is that like, well, is that like you actual know, thing? See, I thought the posh accent was just a, an act, <laughs> <laughs> but you've just proved that yes. it's a... Sorry, I should, have, I should have said cordial. I'm a big fan of Cordial. <laughs> <Cordial. laughs> 
What are they saying? <laughs> <laughs> these these funny Scotch men and their weird voices. Crazy, so I was just asking my butler if he understood. <laughs> <laughs> Not a clue. No, Diluting juice, write that down. <laughs> oh, he sees a squash cordial. Okay, cool. Well, I should try that. Get yourself a hangover, buddy. I'm, I'm going to try. They're really good for, like, uh, loathing and swearing at your friend. It's a good excuse to when your friends tell them, go, oh, fuck off. And then they'll be like, oh, it's okay, just got a hangover. So then you can vent some spleen. You drink more, you're not drinking enough, basically. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I usually just tell people to fuck off when I am drinking, so maybe I just, I've already got the hangover out of the way before I wake up. I think we're going to get on. If you have a hangover when you're asleep. That's maybe, a clever trick. That could be how I'm getting away with it. <laughs> I don't wake up until it's gone. You're, 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 like, you're the future. You're like an advanced human. <laughs> I can hear a black helicopter circling outside right now. They'll be coming to just take away some of my DNA. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the men in black. So, yeah. um, Martin and Sightseers, <laughs> <laughs> um, what was your inspiration for this character? <clears throat> what were you thinking? <laughs> what the? What the <laughs> I love this interview technique. What were you thinking? <laughs> um, well, I know, it, I kind of like a likable, try, try to be likable, sort of just a, a gentle optimist, a bit of a bit of a sad guy in a way. I think, you know, his uh, wife isn't around anymore. <laughs> I, I, I occasionally get to play these kind of slightly put-upon characters that are sort of like an innocent sort of dog that'll take some shit and keep coming back. So I guess he was <laughs> that kind of person, you know. But in real life, I'm, I'm in the SAS. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he was just a, like a, a nice, likeable, innocent guy, I suppose. You know, in, in, you know, Kind of in contrast to those two, two characters, but actually, you know, when that's the weird thing about serial killers. I get sometimes they're probably quite nice, you know, like you know, um, they will say about Hitler, oh, well, he did like dogs, and you know, men go, oh, well, he sounds all right then. Um, you know, there's a nice side to them, apart from you know, a bit when they're stoving people's heads in. Um, yeah, so the thing I was wondering about sightseers uh, as well, about Martin, uh, and Gil will probably be laughing already about this, but I kind of read some kind of gay subplot into that was anything was there any of that there or was that just me reading too much into it that's just you uh, reading too much into it I think <laughs> you know but you know we're, everything's open to interpretation nothing yeah. in and of itself is right so maybe there was there's something there that I don't know about myself yeah it was just a, there was just like a bit where Chris went for a shower and it just seemed odd that was all <laughs> maybe there was I, I, I missed so much but no, there wasn't any anything overt in the script. We were just like buddies hanging out. I think the, the gay subtext is actually mentioned in the director's commentary. Is it? That you're oh. on. So that is... Oh, I need to pay more attention. <laughs> <laughs> We've already filmed it now. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I think it was just a hint of uh, the idea that there may have been but I think that might have just been them taking the piss as well. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe, like, uh, I saw someone commenting, uh, some late, uh, friend, female, commenting on uh, cage fighting, you know, tw- tweeted about cage fighting, saying, 
saying that they they were saying it was obviously very homoerotic, which I think is a bit of a stretch, really. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if you know, it's just two blokes, you know, pummeling the shit out of each other. But they also but, do occasionally cuddle quite a bit. You know, all, all, all of the holds is a lot of cuddling. Yeah, so. and the bumming, the bumming that gives it. <laughs> <laughs> Bummed into submission. <laughs> What better way to go? <laughs> exactly. Each <laughs> to their own. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> I, I now like the idea that the two men are just so afraid of their own feelings for each other that that's why they're having the fight. Yeah. I love you! I hate you! <laughs> exactly. All the people in the audience with their gay are out going, I think they love each other. See the way he's punching the shit out of him and trying to scale him. My flatmate's just turned up. That's Eric Lampert, by the way, my flatmate. And also, you know the Bruce Willis, the advert with Bruce Willis in? Yep. Uh, he's the, the goofy-looking guy in that when Bruce Willis comes into the uh, the uh, the office. Anyway, this isn't about him, it's about me. Fuck Eric. So, <laughs> you, you were saying, sorry. Oh, we were just talking about bombing. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday afternoon. Just back from the church. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought you were talking about cage fighting and bumming. Yes. So um no, I didn't know about the um the uh slight homosexual uh subplots. I mean I'm, as far as I was aware they were just a couple of mates, but maybe, you know, the slightly sinister side, you know, when uh, Tina starts to Ask me if I want to get involved in, uh, you know, sexy naughty time. Yeah, yeah. You know, bit of a surprise to the innocent Martin. You know, but so maybe they were all a bit, you know, <laughs> had a shifty side. Yeah, it's such a good film. It's so. Um, I know it's kind of finding an audience in the states now and things like that. Mm-hmm. But people can, people get into it um, after the fact. So that's really cool as well. Um, that's mostly yeah, down to us, though. That was our our drunken review at Ross's (laughs) birthday. Yeah, we 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 had an episode where I got to choose what films we reviewed, uh, and that was one that that I chose because I we really we both really wanted to see it for quite a while, and then then Gil had bought me it on the week of its release, uh, like a good friend that he is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Then halfway through the review, Ross told me, you know, Sainsbury's do a double disc version. So we, <laughs> we we then hurried up through the rest of the review because there was only enough time to do that and then I could run to Sainsbury's and buy the double disc one. What's on the double disc one? Uh, two discs. Yeah. <laughs> Just everything spread out over two discs. You only get <laughs> half, half of the film on disc one, half of the film on disc two. That sounds excellent. It's on vinyl. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, what was the what was the production of that film like? What was what was it like working with Ben? Was that that was the first time you'd worked with Ben, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it was excellent. He's sort of he's quite sort of gentle, but like you totally get the impression he knows exactly what's going on. He's got it all in his head, and so this sort of maelstrom of the crew running around him as he sort of calmly moves on gets his shots moves on gets his shot and he's yeah he's quite low temperature uh on certain hill you know get you to do it a few times and uh you know like you'll do the script and then he'll say 
go off script a little bit and then go on script then go off script not too much and but it's a good way of kind of relaxing you because you get to say the words and then you go off script so you can totally naturally kind of say them like a normal person and then when you go back to the script it that you you know makes your performance a little more natural hopefully yep and so he's lovely to work with yeah. yeah, that was one of the things that really interested us about the, the extras was him talking about that whole process of mm. getting, getting people to do the do the lines basically twice um, or, or kind of doing it that way. It seemed really interesting and uh, it really pays off, I think, uh, in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's nice that he, it's almost like that he trusts you a bit to sure. kind of go off script a bit and that, that always feels nice and, uh, and then go on script. It was harder in uh, a field in England because... Uh, all the you know the speak was you know slightly old-fashioned speak so yep yeah you might add a, a modern word in like uh like bus <laughs> <laughs> someone actually said nick helicopter <laughs> yeah exactly or te- oh, soon. television <laughs> yes um uh yes diaphragm clitoris <laughs> i didn't know about the clitoris then did they well it was only discovered in the late 90s so that's right yeah yeah yeah. I remember that in tomorrow's world. The pages of FHM magazine. <laughs> I never want to see Judith Han like that again. No. Yeah. I actually really like it when you see when you when you go to any country where all of a sudden there is just a modern word thrown in, particularly like even in the north of Scotland, people that speak Gaelic and stuff like that. You mm-hmm. you get everyone so well television, and then yeah. it, is, it is just television. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Cause I'm half Welsh, and so yeah, in Wales you get Liverpool. It's just this lovely. I love the way it sort of yeah suddenly stands out. Yeah, of course we're all we're all Gaelics together. Yeah, we're all all Gales. All right, Gales. Right enough, eh? The Gales. Right enough, eh, you bastard. That's an uncanny impression. It's the hangover. You just need to add in more swearing, and you've. That's it. Like, <laughs> yes. you fucking wee bastard. Anyway, where were we? We've, we've done bumming, haven't we? <laughs> we can cross that off the chart. Uh, bombing has been fully covered. Then we started the interview. <laughs> and then I got off the bus. <laughs> um, so yeah, Field in England. Um, really interesting uh, release format, first of all. Um, for people that, that might be unaware of it, it was released in the UK simultaneously um, on Freeview uh, and cinemas. Uh, to download um, what else it was basically across all formats people could choose to, to access it in, in whatever way they saw fit <laughs> um, and your character in that Richard was is it Friend is that yes, actually yes. his name yeah he's called Friend yeah sure um, he's quite possibly the most important character in the film I think definitely he ties yeah. all the relationships together just perfectly <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a sort of metaphor for the, yeah. The it, people have come up to me and said, yeah, he's he's kind of like the heart, the heart, as in yep. not like the se- necessarily the centre of the film, but you know the the heart, the warmth of it that sort of gives the warmth to all the different characters. Yeah, to join each other, their their connection to each other. Yep. Because the theme is the theme is that the treasure is a common treasury between them, rather yep. than anything 
kind of physical, which is great, and Friends represents that in a person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's like even I've you know I've seen the film four times now, and um, I still get slightly confused about what it all actually means. But yep, I don't. It's one of those films where I don't mind, uh, and I'm not trying to be overly partisan, but I don't mind thinking about it afterwards, and it feels worthwhile trying to work out what it's all about. You know, like a good David Lynch film, like a uh, Mulholland Drive or something like. You feel yeah. like it fucks with your head a bit, but in a really good way. Like it's got its own logic, and it's just me that's missing exactly what it's about. So I quite like trying to work. I mean, I get confused. Last time I watched it, I thought Michael Smiley's character was Darth Vader. I thought, oh, I got it. He's Darth <laughs> Vader. Uh, way off the mark there, but uh, yeah, but friend, yeah, sort of kind of ties it together in this like gentle, subtle sort of background way. You know, it's it's mainly about you know um, some of the other stronger characters. And I just sort of flit around trying to make everything okay, trying to be optimistic, I suppose. But I mean, there's that great bit where you and uh, Reese uh, Shearsmith are, sat, uh-huh. are, are on the uh, are lying down uh, on the yeah. field, just having that very natural conversation uh, between each other, and it's just so funny, but yet so kind of poignant as well. Yeah, cool. I'm glad you like that. I remember, <clears throat> if I may indulge myself, I remember when we did that thinking, I was, it felt really, it felt really nice. When, you know, when we, when we when we walked away, and uh, I didn't realise that you know, because uh, Ben, you know, the director tried to did cut in a few times, you know, do a few single shots to for coverage, you know, but then he ended up using just this this one long two shot of us, and it was it was really lovely that it got to play out the whole way, and it did feel kind of naturally. I enjoyed I enjoyed doing that, and also it was also uh, you know fairly early on, and I, I got to I got to do acting with Reese Shearsmith, which was. <laughs> Oh, number one, man! It was so cool. And then, and then now he's my best friend, and uh, it's, it was—it was just a lovely, lovely thing to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was sort of telling of you know the different hierarchy of uh, of people, and yeah. I mean, it switches from this very fast cutting style, um, where where things are are cutting very quickly in the first maybe mm-hmm. ten minutes, to that very, very slow scene where there's no cuts. Um, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's a lovely change of tempo, isn't it? It's a, like a breather, almost. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, when things are starting to change, you know, that's what, it's after that that, you know, stuff starts to go mad. With the mushroom circle. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and so on. I, yeah, it's like, you know, I don't want to give too much away, you know, there may be people that haven't seen it, but, yeah, shit goes crazy. I mean, it uses a very, very interesting narrative style as well, and... Um... There's, well, firstly, there's the, the the kind of single, the the bits where you're posing and uh, yeah. almost like freeze frame. Um, yeah. There's there's very and that kind of intercuts throughout the film, um, which was really interesting. Um, I wasn't sure what to make of that, but it <clears throat> it kind of felt like a picture of some kind. But yeah. it was yeah, they were they were they were they were kind of good fun to do. Um, yeah, we didn't quite. I'd never even heard of them. They, he called them tableau vivant, you know, like a... Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, watching them, it was, it was kind of lovely. I think it kind of added to the, the era, because there, there were things like that in, in... I can't quite remember what they said, but there were, there were things like that at the time. I don't know if people... You know, when people would pose for pictures uh, to have their paintings done. Sure. Uh, so th- it, it was kind of of the time. and um, But, yeah, they, yeah, they, they just add a nice, weird feel to the whole thing and 
like as it's like they, they sum up the, that what's going on at that moment. And yeah, they're quite striking and odd to look at. I know, you know, uh, it's a, it's a kind of film where you know some people are going to love it and some people are going to hate it and think it's a bit pretentious in places. So that could come across as a bit pretentious. But you know, I'm 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 I, lo- I love it. I, mean, I think Ben's excellent and I'm delighted to get involved with him. Yeah, it just adds a middle because you haven't seen it before. You don't quite know what the hell's going on. So you've got this kind of sense of unease, which is you know you know goes through the film the weirdness i think the, the great thing about it was it's this huge movie event and then it's a very very avant-garde piece of cinema yeah absolutely you know people you know de- you know eagerly awaiting uh, ben's you know next move his next movie and then he uh you know totally sort of takes a left turn and surprises everyone with this you know so people can't pigeonhole him which sure. is a really good and brave move you know especially considering the anticipation that he then comes up with this, that, you know, you know, he's definitely not trying to please other people. He's, he's sticking to his, his art and his, his guns and his learning, his, his, his curve. So yeah, he's to be commended for that, you know. And with, uh, you know. with quite a few people that he's worked with before as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, obviously it's nice for me to get asked back and also then I got to, you know, i would seen Michael Smiley in, you know, Spaced and... Hey. Kill list, yeah, yeah, tremendous, lovely chap. Tiles, um, yeah, right. he's he's also in his uh, ABCs of Death segment, and and Down Terrace. Mm, yeah, yeah, I mean he's he's got he's got real presence. He's a proper sort of alpha male dude. Yeah, he's excellent. Was he like that on set? Did you did they feel quite have that same kind of intimidating vibe about him almost? Or? He's got, you know, lovely presence. I, I was delighted when, um, I was after about day four, he came up to me and went, Richard, I think I may be falling in love with you. Not <laughs> <laughs> <Like> for that. <laughs> it was really nice. I was like, oh, yay. He, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, no, he was great. He was really friendly and welcoming and he's, you know, got tons of anecdotes all the time. You know, he's, that, that guy's lived a life, you know, and he's only halfway through. So yeah, yeah, it's tremendous. And I really liked the that Cutler was played by Psycho Paul. Mm. Yeah, yeah, he yeah he had a, a sort of lovely low temperature way of doing it. Everyone in it kind of had their own different style. Um, of uh, it's like the five different actors, you know, obviously, um, and Julian as well. You know, six different actors doing different types of things. It was I really, really liked Julian's, although it was a kind of small part. I really. I really like that. It kind of established uh, the language, I suppose, as well. Um, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. No more mummery. All this, this weird. Oh yeah, this lovely exactly. weird language and stuff. Absolutely, and uh, it's kind of a nice, probably good, you know, because he he's so well known. Obviously, uh, the I um, don't listen to this next bit if you haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you can cut this out, can't you? Um, he. Uh, but he, he 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 dies quite quickly. So that ke- that again ke- catches you off guard. You know, if you've got a famous person, you expect them to be in it all the way through, and then uh, then he carks it. So you think, God, nothing's nothing's sacred. Anything could happen. It's, yeah. it's, it's another, another nice touch to you know set the mood. Absolutely. And I mean, the great thing again, the, again mentioned throughout uh, the mentioned throughout the interviews that that. Uh, came along with the film and actually were played at the end of the film as well if you were watching uh-huh. on Freeview um, 
Ben made reference to the fact that you're almost dropped into that internal logic um, without any attempt to explain these things to you, without any attempt to really explain the mushroom circle uh, or the the what's the name of the mirror, the scrying. Ah, sure. Uh, and there's very little attempt to do that, and I just think it's great how you just get thrown into that, and you're as disorientated as you would be uh, if you were in that position just watching these things occur. Absolutely, yeah. It's, I mean, that's the, the brilliant thing about the script, you know, Amy Jump's script. Like, you know, honestly, when we first all read it, we were like, I, I don't quite get what's going on. We were sort of dumped in the middle of it, so, um, you know, we had a couple of days' rehearsal, and... It, it slowly got became clearer and clearer, but as we filmed it, it, it was still sort of unraveling in front of our eyes. And then, even then, um, you know, even by the end of it, we still weren't entirely clear. So it was quite nice that it wasn't this sort of overly prescriptive, you know, uh, uh, script telling you exactly what's going on. That you know, it's almost you know, it's almost like a compliment going, no, you don't need to be spoon-fed the details. Just enjoy the world. Just get into the world and yeah, just take it as it comes. <laughs> I really liked how Cutler appeared to be a, a grave robber type mm. at the at the start, but but that wasn't the reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, how did he how did he how did he find those guys in the first place that he needed? Uh, that was a question I had. I can't remember the answer, but someone did tell me there's an answer. Because like, he he wanted to get um, uh, Whitehead, you know, into the centre of the circle. But at one point, O'Neill makes reference to conjuring him. Uh, to Conjure and Whitehead, um, yeah. which I was quite interested by. I was wondering if that was part of the the kind of magic spells that he had he had uh, stolen and was then able to uh, find him uh, using that. Of course, he was trying to quite well. A new white sorry, Whitehead was trying to find a new in the mm. first place. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's like sort of what's real and what's not. It's, exactly. It's, exactly. Is the whole thing like a metaphor? It's like, you know, one theory is that they're all just nuances of one person. This is just one person. This the whole thing is about Whitehead and all the different characters are different aspects of him, possibly, you know. Sure. Because of his sheltered life. Yeah, and, and this is just his sort of going through purgatory and then, you know, learning a bit more about the universe and then going around in a circle, you know, learning more and more at, at each reincarnation. Because at the, at the very start, there's a thing that almost uh, throws into question the whole rest of the film. There's that, that segment where he, say, he says, are these shadows, perhaps? Ah, uh, yes, yes. What do you see, friend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Only shadows, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, you, yeah, right from the off, you don't quite know what's real. Yeah, and there's, there's little drips of stuff that, you know, when you watch it the second time and the third time, you start to spot extra bits and go, ah, oh, oh. I didn't realise that before. You know, it does. It does take a, a second viewing, I think. Mm. Like it, you know, even, you know, I I quite like watching. You know, the first time I watched it, you know, you, as a vain actor, you're looking at yourself, going, "Oh God, I can't believe I did it like that." <laughs> and then the second time, I got to watch the actual film and really enjoyed it. And then the third time, I thought it was Darth Vader. And then the, uh, <laughs> the fourth time, yeah, I was, yeah, still puzzled, but delightfully puzzled. I like to think that you were picked for it because of you and Thingy, because the entire plot that they think that they're doing is that they're they're walking from here 
to a pub house. that's all uh, the way over there. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's true, maybe it was. <laughs> it was, yeah. And, I kept uh, expecting some lines from, just even just one line from that to sneak in somewhere. <laughs> Theo yeah, Pifitus. Yeah, I'm just on the phone to my agents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that is a good uh, parallel. It's almost like I planned this career, didn't it, isn't it? But... It is, yeah. <laughs> but it's all an accident. But, I mean, the, the marketing behind it is actually genius in a way because people, if you actually enjoy the film, there's no way that you're just going to watch it once because there's too many layers to, mm. to actually watch it just once. If you actually if you actually enjoy the film and get what Ben Wheatley's doing, you're going to go out and buy it. So it's, yeah. uh, it's pretty clever marketing strategy if you've got a really solid product yeah absolutely and and there's nothing sort of cynical about it you know it, it, you know especially you know considering that they were letting people watch it for free on the first yeah. night that it's on film for as well and because uh, it's a low budget movie you know they didn't have loads of cash to spend loads of money on uh pr for cinema release which would have been small and then send more money again a, a, a second round of money on dvd sales and stuff they just did it all at once it saved money but actually Weirdly and wonderfully, it generated loads of PR. Like Morris Stewart read it out on the on the news on Radio Two. Wow! Radio <laughs> Morris Stewart. Um, you know about the release and you know, this cross-platform release. So yep. yeah, it, it inadvertently got loads of uh, PR and uh, yeah, and yeah, because it's such a film, it's got that that added to it that you know it's it's well worth a, a rewatch. And it got two hundred and eighty-eight thousand viewers on the night. Wow, that's pretty cool. Did you had you not known those numbers, Richard, or were you know did you not get told those numbers or? Uh, no, I, I did. I, I have looked at a, a few reviews. Um, uh, I did see one talking about the numbers, but I didn't really take them in. Like you know how much sure. money they made on the first night. I sort of yeah, I don't, I don't really know. But I, I I I gleaned that it was it went quite well. But then I don't know what's a good number and what's a bad number, but. You know, if I see people retweeting stuff, I think, I think, oh, that must be quite good. So now I'm a bit ignorant and thick when it comes to business. Um, well, they actually put the the weekend's numbers, they made them available on the Monday or Tuesday, I think it was. So uh, there was actually another 69,000 people that watched it over the weekend because they'd recorded it as well. That's loads of people. That is loads. It is loads, right? I'm not getting that right. It sounds like lots. Well, yeah. the the average film four slot is less than it got, so. Woohoo! So Come on, Ben! Come you on, Ben! <laughs> yeah! Oh, that's excellent news. Woohoo! Cool. <laughs> and I, I had loads of problems trying to buy it as well, so I think by the time Asda and places like that have actually got copies in them, more people will be just buying it in droves that's tremendous news and, and so they should Ben Wheatley's a, a master and also Laurie Rose you know the director of photography uh, he's a bloody they're genius they all are uh, his uh, second camera dude Nick Gillespie Bobby Sound he's great you know <laughs> all that, um, these are, these are, they're all excellent people that I got to work with twice you know sightseers and then the field in England and they're just they're such an amazing team this crew that they all get each other it's like they can half read each other's minds and it Flowed yeah. smoothly the way they all work together. So to be 
to get to hang out with them all is great and I've got loads of new best friends and everything and it's been really cool and hopefully I've got loads of women from it and <laughs> so how far apart were the two movies? Um, they were filmed a year apart um, right almost exactly but um, Sightseers took longer to come out so therefore there's a you know Sightseers came out in November and then this obviously came out in July so it's a quick turnaround um so yeah, it's a year and a year. So uh, yeah, because it really it kind of took me by surprise a little bit. Just this film, because you usually expect, oh well, I really enjoyed Sightseers. I'll watch his next film in about a year and a half. Mm. No, yeah. oh, it's on on Friday. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was quick, but it, it it was like a project as a, a project, a, a labour of love, I think, for him and Amy that they wanted to squeeze in and. You know, it, I mean, Ben's had a lot in interviews, but because yeah, he's got this uh, big American film, uh, Freak Shift, uh, to work on now, and oh, you know, really? and a bunch of other projects as well, I think. Uh, so uh, yeah, so he's got lots of exciting stuff. So this was sort of squeezed, not squeezed in, but you know, it's something he always wanted to do. I understand, and uh, yeah, and just just squeezed it in. So it's nice that it's got this non-linear. Uh, feel to it here. Yeah. I'm very excited to see what he does next. Awesome. So, what, what are your next steps, Richard? What are you, what are you uh, working on just now? Um, I'm going to be doing a film in September called Amsterdam. Actually, my by mad coincidence, my flatmate Eric Lampert also got a part in it. Didn't you, Eric? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be hanging out in Amsterdam. Um, it's a story about two rival. Uh, pot shops, you know, and um, and uh, one's run by an asshole and one's run by a down and out dude, nice guy. I get to play the asshole. <laughs> dodgeball, but for weed. I haven't seen a dodgeball. Is it like? Um, so that yeah, so that so that'd be a, a complete change. But I, yeah, really looking forward to that. And other than that, um, uh, no, no uh, yeah, ops and sods, bits and pieces here and there. So I'm actually just back from Amsterdam itself, so that's yeah. quite, quite strange. But yeah, so what's the um, where's that filming? Is that filming in the city or is it? It's going to do I think a couple of weeks in Amsterdam and then back here for some you know all the interior stuff in the studio because it goes a bit psychedelic and crazy. Right. There's a pattern, isn't there? Because obviously <laughs> Ben's done a psychedelic black and white film, so then yeah, this one goes a bit. Nuts. So it, it, it'll be a, you know, a departure. It's not a Ben Wheatley film. It's um, some guys of the Lennox brothers have written it, and um, very cool. These two, bu- two brothers, um, who were yeah, who were excellent and uh, really exciting. So really looking forward to that. And we- get to Amsterdam and try and be good. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be awesome if you could uh, hook us up while you look at that before it's. I was going to say if you could post us some weed. <laughs> <laughs> And some LSD. Just stick it in a big envelope. Shh, don't tell anyone. Okay, my name's Richard David Glover. I'm going to be posting drugs back to Britain, okay? <laughs> ben Wilkie's also got another cannabis-based project in his future as well. Has he? Supposedly. Uh, on IMDb, there's, a, there's an untitled ideal movie in the in the making, supposedly. Oh, is there? Which will be brilliant, because I, I loved Ideal. 
I didn't actually watch much of it. Um, I just didn't get round to it. But um, I was good friends. I'm good friends with Joanna Neri, who's in it. I like her very much. And but no, I just didn't get around to watching that. I apologise. I'll start. Oh, it's, mo- it's well worth uh, looking out. I did like to see it. The, the few times I did glance at it, I did really like it. But I, I was too busy uh, being a high elf, I think, in uh, Skyrim Oblivion. And, ah, uh, no way. Where are you? Way, man. Yeah, my my uh, my. High elf name is Drakir. <laughs> very cleverly, is Richard backwards. Oh, you know. that's fantastic! It's got the, the H in a weird place, makes it seem really elvish. I think. <laughs> no girlfriend, no girlfriend, but I am a high elf. Wow, there you go. Excellent. <laughs> I've never actually played Skyrim. Well, fucking play it, Bellend. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more a Fallout guy, but yeah, that's awesome. Which which one? Uh, Fallout, well, Fallout Three particularly, but New Vegas is pretty groovy as well. Oh, I haven't played that. Yeah, that does look good. I'm trying to wean myself off these games, but uh, it's pretty much the same as uh, Skyrim, but slightly smaller. And in the future. And in the future, in the future. Yeah. if you will, and without magic. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Skyrim wasn't technically in the past. <laughs> it's made up. Um, yeah, good point. Thanks for putting me up on that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! It, it could be in the future. <laughs> it could, could be on a, on a in a distant galaxy, far, far away. Oh, wait, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Star Wars was in the past. Oh, I saw so it was, a long, yeah. a long time ago. That's in right, a galaxy yeah. far, far away. Yeah, you need taking to, you into the bedroom. You need to get in on that action. We're going to the bedroom. Star Wars. Even we, we weren't doing the bumming in the bedroom. <laughs> Sorry, no, we were bumming in the lounge, boys. Oh. <laughs> well, the space, space of life is variety, I suppose. Yeah. Excellent. They're going to fuck all over the house. We've, go, we've gone from bumming to rimming. This is, this is just <laughs> disgusting. I do apologise. I am technically a vagina man. Um, <laughs> so am I. I have Look, a girlfriend. I've got a girlfriend, so maybe that's why I haven't played Skyrim. Ah, uh, yeah. Busy having sexual intercourse. It is fun, isn't it? That's it. They've got this tremendous piece of kit, the vagina, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful plumage. Yeah. It's true. I love. So, I, uh, yeah, I'm just a big fan. That's all. It's just, you know, and uh, bosoms. They're nice. So, Rachel, uh, uh, women. <laughs> I was going to mention the uh, YouTube project that you were working on. Um, the day they gave the sub on our braids. That was really good fun. Uh, a wonderful bit of silly nonsense. Yeah, sort of all set up by a, an old friend of mine, Bob Pipe, who uh, sort of co-wrote and then directed it. And I mean, he's become a good mate for years and years now. And it's, it's a really good project for him to get his teeth into. And really nice that, you know, that he could call upon all these different people, lots and lots of different, you know, people from the comedy circuit. Sure. To, Went in, yeah. That was really good fun. Awesome. I, I thought it was great fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I was watching it again last night. Cool. Just for it all is. the silliness. It's just wonderfully silly, yeah. Yeah, and I loved it, loved doing that and uh, yeah, putting on a silly accent and uh, and a hat and yeah, just working with those guys. It was brilliant fun. And, you know, we just, you know, did the odd day here and there. I mean, Bob worked really hard, but yeah, it's great fun. Fantastic. Um, yeah. So... 
Yeah, so I, th- I think uh, Richard, we've, we've taken up as much of your time as as you can probably allow. But listen, thank you, thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. You're very kind to ask me. Thank you for asking me, and um, I hope you've got something out of this. As in, I didn't just babble like an idiot and say vagina too many times. And <laughs> you said you said vagina just enough. <laughs> You've fulfilled our quotient. <laughs> Actually, my calculations: we can say vagina seventeen more times in this episode, <laughs> just to, just to reach the average. Very cool. Oh, we're down on the vagina, <laughs> but we're too we're too up on the bombings. <laughs> the bombing. We've already covered bombing, haven't we? Yeah, we, we have. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us on uh, Gavin Roscoe's Bodacious Horror Podcast and hope to have you on again at some point in the future, man. Absolutely. Thank you very much. It's thank lovely you so to speak much. to you guys. Cheers. Excuse me, what are you doing? Are you looking for porn again? No. Well, what is that I see? It's not porn. It's the badassboobsandbodycounts.com website. I happen to be looking at the reviews in the boobs section of the site. They have a section of the site dedicated to boobs? Yes, they do. They cover exploitation films in the boobs category, action films in the badass category, and horror in the body counts category. What's that other option? B, B, and B, C podcast? If you're not into reading the reviews, you can listen to them via the web on your mobile device through iTunes and they cover the same types of films. Lesser known action, exploitation, and horror cinema. So yeah, to answer your question, I wasn't cruising porn. That's too bad. What's too bad? That you weren't cruising for porn. Uh, why? Because I was feeling kind of horny. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Get back here. Hey, get back here. So Gil, how did you enjoy that? I had a great time. I've I've been a massive fan of the Ewan and Thingy stuff for years. So when he appeared in Sightseers, I was dead happy. And then in this, you know, I I wasn't like fucking blowing smoke up his arse or anything. I really think that Friend is a pivotal character. It's a pivotal character for the reasons that we, we discussed as well. It definitely is. And I totally... Uh... Uh, I think the film is just so interesting. Um, ever and beyond, I mean, although we did have somebody from the film, it's such a uh, such an interesting film and we really encourage people to, to give it a look. And that's also why we haven't really spoiled this film at all because, you know, quite a few people that listen to this don't live within the region that it's currently released. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. So is it is it not available in VOD in the states yet, or is that still to come? I, I think that's all still to come. At right. Moment. Cool. But, cool. Because they do tend to to separate those things uh, across regions, unfortunately. I know. In fact, uh, one of the films that I watched this week uh-huh. is a film called Downloaded. Oh, I Alex Alex Winter. Yeah, made by your boyfriend Alex Winter. Ah. <laughs> And it's oh, it's his documentary about Did you see that again. I quite like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, again, just for you, your boyfriend Alex Winter. <laughs> his documentary about Napster. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was released in uh-huh. America, uh-huh. and it hasn't got a release here yet. Right. Okay. I was like, wait a minute, you just brought out a documentary about illegal file sharing called Downloaded <laughs> that is now going to go on to be illegally downloaded by people from lots of regions because you haven't had the forethought to go, well, 
Yeah. Well, not necessarily him, but um, probably the release and the people behind the release. Um, did you enjoy it? It was uh, quite interesting. Sure. I think that the the main thing that I learned from it was that even though the guy that set Napster up mm-hmm. was he was he was quite young when he set Napster up, and the, yep. and the people that he got to help him out, mm-hmm. you know, the most interesting stuff was what happened to them afterwards. And what, as, what actually did happen, get with that? Well, Just the interest. Well, as Napster became massive and, uh-huh. and other people got interested, they're like Napster need a proper office, uh-huh. and some of the people that worked for Napster said that that was pretty much the day that it died. Right. Right, because their old office was pretty much just them all sharing desks and sure. Just I mean, at the time, the the big thing was obviously Metallica uh, suing their fans uh, that used Napster to to download their tracks, um, and then in the kind of upshot of that, did Napster not become like a an actual Nap- licensed Nap- company? It still exists, yeah. Napster still exists as a sure as a pay company but uh-huh. one of the there was only like four or something of them the were the initial programmers behind Napster right. and one of them went on to found Spotify oh wow there you go so basically as far as I'm concerned Spotify is what people used to use Napster for uh-huh. You know, except it's, except it's legal, yeah. Yeah, it was a try before you buy service. Sure. Because that's that's what I use file sharing for. Yeah. In all yep. honesty, I I will never ever deny that I use torrent sites. Sure. Because what's the point in that? I do. Yeah. Some of the films that we discuss on this podcast, I've had to get through torrent sites because that's the only way we can get a hold of them. Yeah, I would say that for this uh, this way this podcast we use it very sparingly um it does tend to be things that we would be paying over and above the odds in the region of huge amounts of money um so no, not going to give examples but uh, those are the times that we've tended to to resort to that yeah but then you also have other examples which uh-huh. uh a field in england is a perfect example because it was shown to everyone for free so is that another new model that's kind of come to the fore, if you will? Well, I I think the allowing people to to watch something and at the same time putting the the actual physical product with all the extras and stuff out there is, mm-hmm. is a really good model because no, as definitely we both watched the film on film four. Yep, you went and bought the DVD, and you went and bought the Blu-ray. I went and bought the Blu-ray. So yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you've got a decent enough product, then that model absolutely works. Yeah, this is the sort of thing where there's so much stuff coming out in every type of media these days that if you were to buy everything that you had a slight interest in, then you would really need to have a massively paying job. No, absolutely. (laughs) absolutely. And we don't. Neither you is know, the, no. there, yeah. there comes a point where people have to accept that you need to make your product attractive. Yep. And if the way to make your product attractive is to say, here's the product, now do you want to pay for it? That's sure. a, I, I find that to be far more admirable than 
most of the current things that people are doing. Yep, yep absolutely. Well, guys, uh, thank you once again for listening. Um, uh, big thank you once again to Richard Glover for appearing on the show. Uh, that was really amazing. Um, it, very cool. That touched my heart. He did some Ewan impressions. Ah, he did, he did indeed. You've been doing Ewan impressions all week, so it's kind of no, <laughs> less see, enjoyable for me. I, I just do like a wee husky voice. <laughs> like, he does the proper thing. He does. He's got the, he, the full shebang. Yeah, he is the... It, I actually watched one of the episodes, and then uh-huh. on YouTube it's got the little thing where it's like related videos... One of them was the only bit of any of the actual program that I've ever seen, which was Ewan having a crash. And one of the first things out of his mouth was, I just hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! He said it. You know, it doesn't even bother, it wouldn't have bothered me if he had never said, I love it or I hate it. In this thing, just because that episode of you and Thingy for me is, it's one of the funniest three minutes that you can ever have. Yep, absolutely. So no, uh, great to have Richard Glover on the show, and thanks once again to everybody for listening. We really appreciate uh, people uh, continuing to stick with us. Um, if you're enjoying what we're doing, guys, please share us with your friends. Um, share us with we- your enemies. And you <laughs> just share, yeah. share us with love. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and thanks once again, obviously, to our pod pals. Um, so, Night the Loving Podcast, Devour the Podcast, Movie Copia, Phantom Eric, and Jason at Horophilia Network, a few others. Um, we've also, should we announce it this week, Gal, or should we hold off? Um, well, which one? Phantom Eric. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can. You yeah, know, well... The thing is, what happens these days is you have a regular sleeping time. Yes. And I have a regular sleeping time. <laughs> so, you know, like, our secret guest this week that we haven't told anybody about? Yeah. Yeah, I told everybody about it on Thursday night on uh, Charred Remains. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's cool. That's cool, man. Um, So we're... Next week, we're going to be uh, guests on uh, Phantom Eric's 100 Years of Horror show. Uh, you can subscribe to that on the Horror Fuela Network. Take a uh, trip through... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Take a trip through 100 Years of Horror. That's- so, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Phantom Eric. Um, so check that out guys and subscribe to that because we're going to be on the show I think two weeks from now um it'll probably come out i think it's due out on the 25th or something along that kind of line yeah so we can about um but yeah thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next week yep um uh, will we probably will we see them we might not uh, <laughs> also uh just everybody should bear in mind the that we will have the live thing coming up soon, so... Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I should bear that in mind as well. Yeah. <laughs> be quite good. Um, cool. Uh, guys, we'll be back next week uh, for more bodaciousness, and have a good week. Uh, is it not bodaciosity? <laughs> bodaciosity, yeah. 
Cool. Bye, everybody. Night, night. Greetings, my friend. Bye,